Good afternoon, beautiful people. Welcome to episode number 44 of Sports Bar Talk. There is a lot popping off in the world of sports. And we have a brand new major champion in golf. Shout out to Anders for that beat drop. And welcome to episode number 44 of Sports Bar Talk. Hey, what's 22 plus 22? 44. There we go. Your math question of the day. All right, welcome everybody. Hey, like as Jesus said when stone, I'm going off into different worlds with jokes. I'm not going to tell that joke because that is not, we're not in the Lenten season anymore, the Christian season of Lent anymore. But this is not a religious podcast. This is a sports and food podcast. I've got a really yummy restaurant of the week that I haven't been to in a couple years. Very delicious food. Um, But more on that later. This is Sports Bar Talk, where we got the best seat in the house. And congratulations, not only to new major champion, but now masters champion, Hideki Matsuyama. Not only congratulations to him, but congratulations to the whole country of Japan. You guys finally have a Masters champion. And this is a big deal. I don't think many people realize it. And I think that's why CBS was, and Golf Channel, and if you watch Masters coverage over the weekend, why they were painting this as such a big deal. Japan, you know... It's not like here in America how they grow the game, where we you do junior golf and you play in the courses. In Japan and Asia, they learn golf from the top. They go to like the Top Golf model. For those of you that don't know what Top Golf in is, it's like a driving range, but um, there's like games involved. There's simulators. It's great. It's family fun. A lot of people who aren't hardcore about golf go. It's almost like a bowling alley almost. I've always wanted to go to the one I'm going. I think I'm going to win this summer. I hear their wings are really good too. But that's what is big in Asia. And that's how people learn to love the game from swinging the club. Now I don't know. Probably in the one at the models in Japan they have putting greens as well. I don't know if Topgolf has a putting green that you can practice your putts. But you talk about that's how people grow the game. So a lot of people feel like this is big for growing the game in general. We're going to introduce Japan into, hey, here's a guy right here. He's from your country. He just won the most prestigious golf tournament in the world in the Masters. So maybe we'll see in the coming years more golfers from the Asia Pacific, Asian Pacific region. It would be great. You know, we have some already. <clears throat> it's it, the Asian Pacific women are really good at golf. The problem is we don't have a lot of men. They're all on the Asian tour. Maybe this will convince some of them to come over to domestically and play on the PGA tour or potentially the, the European tour. We'll see. So that's big for growing the game. But in terms of the golf, you know, I think the best thing that could have happened to Matsuyama was that rain delay on during the third round on Saturday because 
You know, he was even par for his round and whatnot. But then once the ra- the hour and fifth half rain delay happened, that's when he poured it on. I think he had like he would after the rain delay, he went like seven or nine under par, and that propelled him to the four shot lead he had was very dominant. And then Sunday just was kind of in cruise control. There was a moment there on during fifteen and sixteen where you thought, uh oh. Hideki's imploding. Xander Shoffley has a chance here to maybe make a little run, but that was a 10-minute window because on the next tee, after Matsuyama bogeyed and Shoffley birdied, Matsuyama hit his tee shot in 16, which is a par-free, sort of an island green. He hit his dry. Shoffley hit his in the water. That kind of put the tournament to bed. All Matsuyama pretty much had to do was not hit anything out of bounds from there. Did not. He was your master's champion. Just so dominant. And my pick, Jordan Spieth, there were some moments during the tournament where you felt like he was going to break through and have a big round and potentially win this tournament. I think he could have potentially won the tournament on Sunday. He had about seven or eight putts, birdie putts, and a couple, one of them was par, a par putt that he ended up bogeying during his round on Sunday where they just, just slipped out of the edge of the cup. It was right there. And it would have gone in. He had about seven or eight of those. That So you talk about swings and whatnot. That's like an eight-stroke swing. Spieth could have easily won the tournament. But he'll take a top ten finish. I know he'd like to win another one of these. I know he only needs the PGA Championship Jordan does to create the... To uh, achieve the career grand slam of the Masters US Open, British Open, and PGA Championship. But Matsuyama... What can you say about him? Another good face, Will Zalatoris, in his first major, basically. I don't know if he played in the PGA Championship or the U.S. Open or the Masters restart in November. But I think last year he was on the still on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is like the uh, minor league. It's like the AAA of uh, the PGA Tour. Now, the thing with Zalatoris is he's playing in these tournaments off of sponsors' exemptions. Which means like his sponsors are allowing him in it, or they're invitationals, and because he's done so well, he got an invite to one of these tournaments. So, the thing is, Zalatoris has finished second in a lot of PGA Tour tournaments since the restart last June, um, and it hasn't been enough for his tour c- card. You would think that coming second in the Masters would be enough for Will Zalatoris to get his tour card. Nope, he has to win a tournament to get his tour card. Even though he finished second in the Masters, you would think that would be enough to get your PGA Tour card to be full-time on the PGA Tour. Nope, not enough. So, he still is not a full-time member on the PGA Tour. Technically, he's still on the Corn Ferry Tour, too. He was one shot away from actually becoming a full-time member of the PGA Tour. He was like a stroke above the limit to get your tour card. So, but Zalatoris... Solo second place, and I he was one guy I looked at as a potential guy under the radar that could contend and even potentially win the tournament. I would say, you know, no one really had Matsuyama winning the tournament, um, except a couple guys who always love to ride with him. But uh, for the most part, um, my prediction, Spieth would be in contention. He was. Rom, he, I felt like he could get into contention. And, uh, 
Rom, he played poorly, really. He wasn't really in contention. And then he kind of put himself in contention in the final round on Sunday. Dustin Johnson, not sure what happened there. It looked like he was going to make the cut. Then he kind of imploded on the final two holes on Friday. But he stuck around because the tradition at the Masters is the defend the previous year's champion gives this year's champion the green jacket. So Dustin had to hang around for that. Now, the PGA Tour doesn't stop. No bye week this week. They move up from Georgia to Harbortown Golf Links in beautiful, I believe it's Hilton Head, South Carolina. Let me find that out. It's either Hilton Head or Myrtle Beach. I get that it's Hilton Head for the RBC Heritage Open, where instead of a, where they give out the tartan jacket. And right now, your leader is Stuart Sink. I bet you haven't heard that name in a while. He's currently at 13 under par. He's on the back nine in the second round. 13 under par. Second place right now at 11 under par. Corey Connors, the Canadian. He was also in contention at the Masters, too. There were some times where you, he, where you thought he could win it. Had a hole-in-one on Saturday at hole number five. Cam Smith, 2020, he was the solo second place at the Masters. He's tied for third right now with Colin Morikawa. At 9 under par. This is a stacked field. Normally you, you would think the week after the mass, a major, some guys kind of take a little break. No. When I saw the field get released, you know, Dustin Johnson's playing in this tournament. Um, Abraham Answer, Zalatoris. He, Zalatoris is motivated because he needs to win to become a full-time member on the big time, the PGA Tour. Daniel Berger. Uh, he won Pebble Beach back in February. Fratelli. Matt Kuchar, he always loves playing this event. I believe he's won this event twice in his lifetime. Lee Westwood looks like his run of good golf is kind of coming to an end after the Florida swing. Didn't really play well at the Masters. Here he's free under par. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, two under par. So a lot of these, this is a stoked field. I don't know where Dustin Johnson falls in the in the fray of the guys here uh, in this. But he was playing more. Kawa, of course. You heard me mention Cam Smith, Corey Connors. Very interesting. All right, you're covered on the golf. One sport I do want to dive into. We haven't talked about it in a couple months because of March Madness and other craziness in the sports world. The NBA. Believe it or not, we have one more month left in the regular season before the playing tournament, and we'll get into more of the playing tournament as we get closer. But just some of the storylines. Yes. The Lakers are struggling, but if you're a hardcore NBA fan, you know why. LeBron James and AD are out indefinitely due to separate injuries. So they're not doing all. There'll be. Once LeBron and AD get back, the Lakers will be fine. And they're holding their own, you know. They had a nice little comeback yesterday, sort of. They were down 20 with like five minutes to go in the fourth quarter against the Celtics, and they rallied to only lose by five. So you got to be encouraged. They're getting great leadership from point guard Dennis Schroeder. Mark Gasol, um, newly acquired center Andre Drummond. Um, of course, can't forget Kyle Kuzma. Um, the Clippers, they just got big man D DeMarcus Cousins to sign a deal. They're looking pretty good. I think a lot of people think they could come out of the West, if not the Lakers, because you have Kawhi and Paul George. You also have, um, well, they traded away Lou Williams, but DeMarcus Cousins will help them out. Cousins was supposed to be on the Lakers last year. Of course, tears his ACL before the season can't play. 
Um, and then the bubble happened, and I think they cut him. Um, on the east side, you know, Brooklyn, we haven't gotten to see Durant, Irving, and uh, Harden play together yet because they've all been injured at different times. I believe Harden's coming back soon. Durant is back from his injury, but now he's getting rest. Kyrie's been playing some pretty good basketball. I believe James Harden should have been should be NBA MVP if not for all this injury he's having where he's been sidelined um, and whatnot. And, you know, they have Blake Griffin. They did sign LaMarcus Aldridge, but he had to suddenly retire yesterday because of an irregular heartbeat. So T's and P's out to LaMarcus he was, in my opinion, he was really good at what he did with the Spurs, the Trailblazers. Just a great basketball player, great guy all around. And he contributed to the Nets for the couple months he was there this season. But health, safety, more important than being out there on the court trying to chase a ring. I'm sure if the Nets win the championship, he'll get a ring. Um, it's not like the Harden situation where it's a cupcake. I believe LaMarcus is deserving of a ring, he'll get it, uh, DeAndre Jordan, he's doing alright, and there's a chance Spencer Dinwiddie might come back, even though he had an injury, could come back, and Dinwiddie is a really good point guard, I can't imagine what the Nets would look like when Dinwiddie's playing his best basketball, and then the Sixers, you know, they're probably the second best team in the East, and Bede's finally, they're finally getting healthy, Joel, Joel Embiid back from injury, um, Danny Green, he's being alright, Ben Simmons, one of the better defenders in the league. Great getting into the paint. Occasionally we'll hit a free pointer and everyone will go bonanza bonanzas. Um Tobias Harris, Ferk Moss. They're they're very good and they've got a great coach to lead them and Doc Rivers. Uh let's see, who else can we talk about NBA wise? You know, Boston. Something's wrong with them. I think they'll be fine. They'll make or if they can make a deep playoff run, they'll be fine. A lot of people think Brad Stevens is on the hot seat. Tatum and Jalen Brown and Peyton Pritchard and Kemba and those guys, they'll pick it up. Um So that's NBA. Real quick, we're two weeks out from the NFL draft, people. And a lot of people think the draft doesn't start till pick number three. We we feel we're I think 99.9% sure Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall to the Jaguars. The number two pick, I I think I'm 97% sure it's going to be Zach Wilson. That's who the Jets will take. I don't know if Zach Wilson's the right guy. Yes, he played in one big game against Coastal Carolina. Didn't win it. So And he's played at a small school. BYU, smaller compared to like Ohio State. I believe Justin Fields would be better for the organization. But... Zach Wilson does make some good throws. People are comparing Zach Wilson to Mahomes. I could possibly see it. Um, and then, but the, the people say the draft doesn't start to pick number three. Um, is that when the four? That is when the 49ers pick. I believe it's either the Niners or the Falcons. Um, and there was talk that. Um, you know, when the Niners traded up to get Mac Jones from Alabama, of course, beat Ohio State in the national championship game. I think Mac Jones would actually be a perfect New England Patriot, um, believe it or not. So, the Niners pick free. The, the thought was they were trading up to get Mac Jones. Fields has a pro day the same day as Mac Jones' pro day. 
The Niners choose to go to Mac Joneses, thinking that's their guy. And then they hear, oh, Justin Fields had a remarkable pro day. So they request to Ohio State. Can Ohio State set up a second pro day? They did. Ohio State had their second pro day here this past Wednesday. And apparently, the Niners might, according to insiders and people within the San Francisco organization, looks like they're having a change of heart and um, are maybe going to go Justin Fields. So then where does Mac Jones fall in all of this if he doesn't if the Niners don't take him? Well, the Falcons, there's a report that they're uh, reportedly set on Matt Ryan as their future quarterback. So, we'll write the Falcons out. Bengals picking 5, they got Joe Burrow. Dolphins, they seem like they're set on Tua for the future. They might need a backup though cuz Fitzpatrick went up to Washington. Lions, they've got Jared Goff. But is Goff good enough? Who knows. Carolina they traded for Sam. They got Sam Darnold. Denver. Maybe they need a quarterback. Drew Locke ain't that good. I don't think Mac Jones is a great fit. Now, the Cowboys picked number 10. But, in a lot of mock drafts, they see the Patriots trading up to 10 and getting Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is a perfect Patriot, and here's why. He reminds me, when I watch him play, he's got a lot of Tom Brady in him. And... You know, he's got a lot of that Patriot mindset in him. He came from Alabama. Nick Saban and Belichick, best buds. Um, I could easily see it. Um, Now, if the Cowboys, they've got Dak, who would they go with? Um, I don't know. That's why I feel like Jerry Jones could easily trade down. And the Patriots could trade up, get Mac Jones. There's reports that the Patriots aren't really going to trade up. They're going to see how things develop in the draft. They might trade up for Fields. Who knows? This number 10 pick could be Fields or Jones if the Patriots traded up. they just say, hey, whoever's here, we'll take. But the Patriots, I feel like they, they are going to love Mac Jones. I think the fans would. I think Bob Kraft would because it would probably remind a lot of people of Tom Brady. And Belichick can... And Belichick could see that. Now, Belichick could also trade and get Garoppolo back. Who knows? Because Belichick loves Garoppolo so much. So, that's the draft. We'll do more of a deeper dive into it. Team needs maybe next week or two weeks from today when the draft really gets going. But let's get in to the restaurant of the week. This restaurant comes to us on the Carlisle Pike. In the beautiful sit town slash suburb of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. This place has amazing blue cheese fondue. Yes, I said blue cheese and fondue in the same sentence. Ladies and gentlemen, on 6108 Carlisle Pike in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania... Black and blue. Black and blue. Now, this place is a steakhouse, and they have some really good food. They're not just steak. Let's start with the appetizers. Bacon-wrapped chicken tenders. Never had them. That sounds amazing. Fried mozzarella. That sounds amazing. I love fried, and I love mozzarella cheese. 
Stuffed Hungarian peppers. I think my dad might have gotten them once as an appetizer. My nationality is Hungarian. Here's the one I really like. I like the crab puffs. I used to get this as my meal. It's just crab meat, cheeses, and spices rolled in a wonton and fried. It's so good. Crab, I mean, I love cheese puffs, and now I love crab puffs. They're amazing. And then the blue cheese fondue I mentioned. They make their own blue cheese fondue dressing. And I'll read it from the what I'm reading here on the menu. Our house specialty, creamy, delicious blue cheese fondue. Served with buffalo chicken skewers and garlic knots. Their garlic knots, by the way, are some of the best garlic knots I've ever had in my lifetime. And their buffalo chicken skewers are amazing. Uh, I believe their calamari is really good. They have two styles of calamari. They got the traditional kind and they got the Rhode Island style. uh, Where you can get it in a white wine lemon sauce and it is tossed with the beautiful onions. Love onions. Their French onion soup also is very delicious too. Now, the last time I came to this place... Now, they're not just fondue and blue cheese and steaks. They have pizza. They've got strombolis. They have sandwiches. Um, They have a cheesesteak. Shaves beef, onions topped with provolone cheese on a toasted baguette. I hear their grilled cheese is amazing. Um, Now, the last time I went, I got the... uh, Crab ravioli, that is just ravioli tucked with crab in it. It's tossed in a lobster cream sauce, and then it's with, served with baby spinach and tomatoes. It's very delicious when I had it. I think I took the veggies off it, though. Uh, yeah, and they also have lobster mac and cheese, which also sounds amazing. Uh, so, that is black and blue on the Carlisle Pike. The New York correspondent has taken me and my family there. A lot of times, and she used to live in Mechanicsburg, but now she is up in New York. Uh, But, very delicious restaurant. I'm hoping to go there here. Once we get my dad fully vaccinated, that's one of the first places we've talked about dining in at. At a restaurant. Black and blue. Delicious blue cheese fondue and delicious crab puffs. Can't forget the lobster mac and cheese and the crab ravioli. Never had the lobster mac, but I'm sure it's amazing. The crab ravioli, though, is the way they go. Make sure you get some bleach cheese on it. Alright, that'll do it for this episode. Stay safe, wear your mask, we're almost on the other side of this pandemic, people. And this is Sports Bar Talk. Where we got the best scene in the house.